back. Uh, it's the Balcony Chatter podcast, as you know, because you're tuning in. Um, maybe some of you are new and you don't know, but I am Andrew McKenney, one host of the Balcony Chatter podcast. Here, as always, with my co-host Tim Taylor. Welcome. Tim, how we doing today? Oh man, we're doing we're doing just fine. You know, no okay. sports on, but I'm into it. I'm into it. I like the vibe. I like uh, the attention. I like where the I don't like where the country's at, but you know what I mean. It's like we're feeling, uh, you know, awake, aware. So I'm glad that you bring that up right off the bat because it's something that we need to talk about or that I want to talk about is what's going on right now. You say there's no sports today, which for the first time in a while is actually surprising because we've had sports every day. Finally back with the pandemic, um, with the bubbles and with the the Major League Baseball being back as well. MLB is traveling a circus of players that aren't necessarily yeah. professional. Right. Yeah. But today's um, a little bit different. We we had games on on schedule, but we aren't getting those games today. And to be honest, it's um, it's for good reason. Definitely. And uh, you know, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. We didn't get a lot of games yesterday. We uh, hockey did end up playing yesterday but now we have two days off from hockey uh we'll, we'll touch on that a little more uh, i just want to start where it all started with the bucks um you know i really there, there was all this back and forth about whether they should go with like we i think we touched on it with Kyrie saying you know um you know Kyrie basically saying we shouldn't go and a lot of people over the last couple of days especially on nba twitter saying a lot of people should apologize to Kyrie. And, um, you know, I, 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 I see it and I will acknowledge the fact that I am, you know, a straight white male with, with this opinion or this observation, if you will. But the way I see it, I, I think it's very good that they went here. Uh, I think it's very good that they went to the bubble. I know a lot of the discussion in the meetings last night were about do they leave now? Do they pack up and go? And it, it's looking, at least for the NBA, like that's not going to be the case. Um, my big thing is them going there and stopping and pulling the plug says is the most powerful or I don't know the most powerful, but it's the loudest they've been, you know, it's the loudest they've been able to be. And, uh, you know, LeBron's done a bunch of stuff. He's putting money towards voting. And if, you know, no matter what side of the aisle you stand on, you should want everyone to be able to vote. (laughs) You know, everyone who can legally vote should be able to vote. Um, so, you know, there is action. There isn't necessarily collective action as the NBA, but it's been 48 hours, you know? I think them just making the statement that, like, I don't know, just making a statement, I think, means a lot. And I know a lot of people are like, okay, now what? Like, a lot of the other side is like, okay, now what? But a lot of, the, a lot of that side is like, okay, now what? I was watching right. as Kenny the Jet Smith, Smith walked out on the TNT broadcast, and that was so powerful to watch. And I, I really loved it. And then, and then Celtic great... Uh, Bill Russell is tweeting him saying, I'm proud of you. Like, keep making good trouble. And uh, it's just, there's unity. And I think Shaq actually brought it up on that same broadcast that he would have been upset if half of them walked and half of them played and all that stuff. But the fact that there's unity, I think there's so much power behind that. And I, I want them together. And, you know, whatever they decide, I stand with and I'm all about. And uh, I hope there's a way they can go forward that they're able to keep utilizing their platform and not just because that means it's basketball for me, but you know, it, I think this bubble does give them a platform and it gives all of these leagues platforms. And especially during the pandemic where there's less distractions in life than sports, 
it's 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 the loudest time. And the last person that I want to shout out from yesterday is Chris Weber. Uh, people can trash all they want on his on his commentating, and they sure do. But uh, just if if you haven't, go and look up and watch Chris Weber's just raw speech moment. You know, he was he was going to be calling the second game uh, of the day yesterday, uh, the Rockets Thunder, and uh, just just a raw like train of thought that was just so real and visceral and I, and I think human and understanding uh, from Chris yesterday was just, you know, it, uh, it was, it was just a very powerful day in sports and, you know, obviously I miss watching them, but uh, you know, it's, it, it's just laying down the proof further that there's a lot of things that are bigger than sports. Yeah. And, and one of the ones that really stood out to me was doc rivers as yes. well. Oh my God. Yes. Um, yeah. If there's one know, I missed, if, if, that, that's the one. If you really if you really want to know how a lot of these people, a lot of these players and, and coaches and stuff that are in the bubble are feeling, go go watch Doc Rivers talk about this because I, I you know, he he probably is saying so, something that a lot of other people are feeling as well. I mean, not a lot of players and, and coaches can really articulate things as well as he can. He's very good at at press conferences and, and speaking and stuff. So yeah, there's a reason he was on ESPN before, you know, he's a, he's a very, right. A very, yeah. Good speaker. So I, I would highly recommend watching that. Um, because you know, that was the one that really stuck out to me. Not that the other ones weren't powerful or that they didn't hold the same meaning. That's not, that's just not what I'm saying. It's just doc rivers really stood out to me because it just, I don't know. There was something about it that felt, it, it was upsetting to watch and it's because he's speaking from the heart. He's telling you how he feels. He's telling you how a lot of people feel. And, and it's just, you know, it's not right. It shouldn't even be this, this conversation shouldn't even be happening. No, I agree. And, uh, I think Isaiah Thomas was saying it pretty well yesterday on NBA as well. I'm just shouting out everyone who was talking that I saw yesterday, but you know, Isaiah was just saying we're all Americans at the end of the day. And that's that's really the bottom line. I, I I do think that's what we should all focus on a little bit more. So is uh, you know we're not at war with ourselves, and we never have, or we have been, or may, whatever the case may be. But we we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be at war with ourselves. Um, so I, I just again the antithesis is saying a lot of you know what does this do? What like what, this did nothing. You stopped. So what? What what is the action? What does this do? Well, you're talking about it. Yeah, that's exactly. what it does. You're you're right. you complaining is still talking about it. It the it dictated the conversation of the world. People who don't give a shit about sports were talking about it. That's what it does. And what it'll do next, we'll see. But there's going to be a plan, and there's going to be action, and so we'll wait and see. But what it did, what you're missing, is that it got you talking about it through complaining about it. You know, like that's what it did, and that was the the point. And I, I just think them standing up. Also, this is like low on the list, but it, it just does speak to player power versus ownership. I guess in any sport, it just what yesterday proved, even though it wasn't standing up for a CBA or anything like that, is just that without these players, without any players, none of this exists. Right. Because guess what? There's sports and they're in America that people don't watch. There's still professional sports. Like there's smaller crowds. Like, the NBA can and will exist, maybe not at the level, but at some level, it can and will exist without us. But we cannot have it without them. And I, I right. applaud their unity, 
and I stand behind what I, whatever the consensus is. And uh, I, I just thought, you know, yesterday was, I think, maybe the craziest moment in sports history. And maybe these chunk of three or four days is the craziest moment in sports history. And, uh, you know, maybe things are going to get back on track. But I think they're going to get back on track with a little bit more awareness than maybe it's been going. And I, I do I do see the side of a lot of people thinking uh basketball has maybe distracted or sports have maybe distracted from the point. I do understand where people are coming from and uh, with that. And so, you know, if, if we recentered focus here, then, and that's like the, the least that we did, that's still a win in my book, but there's a long road ahead of, uh, you know, there's a long road ahead. So with that being said, I mean, the, the NHL, the NBA yesterday, um, that was when it all started Thursday. Um, the NHL, continue to play those games that day but have postponed the games for friday and saturday or no sorry thursday and friday yes um so there won't be any games coming up today or tomorrow um and i think that again it's the same type of conversation that you're having it's well what does that do well it gets you talking about it it gets you realizing that they're standing up for something and this is what this is the way that they're able to do it i mean there's a lot of arguments from people that oppose it that it just you know i I don't really see the the argument of i don't see the argument against listening you know right exactly exactly i don't i like once you have like once you have prejudices forbidding you from just hearing the other side out i we're not having a conversation or, or even an argument at that stage. Right. So let's, let's listen. Let's hear it out. And, and that's just where we stay. That, don't know. That's where we stand right now. I mean, you can see how much it's affecting everybody, um, whether it's an athlete or just everyone in the world. I mean, this is, it's a crazy time right now. So it's just, it's just different and it needs to be different because change needs to happen so um like i said that's just kind of where we stand right now um you know we we won't have games the next couple of days but then we're we'll get things back on track eventually if if that's the way that they feel it needs to go or or it can go um they're not going to do what's going to make everybody happy because it's impossible it is um and and they shouldn't you know they need to do what they feel is right and and it's their decision i completely agree man so with with that we're going to act as if both of these seasons are continuing and uh right you know recap kind of where we're up up to at this point and uh what we think will happen in these series should they go on it again it is looking like everything will continue um so yeah, man. I, I guess we'll we'll dive in and recap those those boys in green first. Yeah, um, I mean they made a pretty quick work of the Sixers, so it's not maybe that much to talk about. So let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, you know, great series. I expected it to be that way. Losing Gordon Hayward, we I, I think we kind of forget because of how well we finished that series. But that is a still a big loss. I believe he is about to or has already left the bubble to go be with his wife as she is getting closer and closer to giving birth. Um, and that's fair, right? What are you going to make him sit in the bubble while he's injured? Oh, I, don't, I mean, I would I would genuinely love to hear someone's complaint against that. Like, what, what is your problem with Gordon Hayward leaving early? He's going to go he and do this play. anyway. You know it. So I hope no one's got an issue with that. But right. uh, uh, just, you know, 
we handled them well. Embiid was a liability as he was, but they had nowhere else to really go. Um, my biggest, biggest takeaway, and I don't really have as much of a gripe with this with the guy. Uh, I don't know why he went to Philadelphia, but you know, bygones be bygones. But good lord, am I glad I'm not paying Al Horford a hundred million dollars? Uh, just did, did not look great. Um, just you know, Philly just having a tough go at it. Uh, I just, I honestly feel for Sixers fans in a way because, you know, and I've, I said this to you a bunch of times, I was like, a lot of the Sixers fans I know hate the Sixers more than we do right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, very handled series. It would have been interesting to see what happens with Ben Simmons, uh, you know. But, you know, uh, they fired Brett Brown. I think it's looking like they're going to fire Elton Brand. Uh, big shakeups to come in there, but whoever whoever stepping in those shoes has, you know, both handcuffs and leg cuffs on. It's it's not you're pretty stuck there with all the with all the money they're throwing at just five guys. So interesting things to come in Philly, but we're here to talk about those Celtics. Great, made so glad they made work of them in four. Uh, I was excited for this Toronto series because you know I, I I do feel pretty good about it. Um, Toronto had our number all year. Philly had our number all year. I know that's not saying the same thing without Ben Simmons and so forth. But what we showed we d- we could do in the bubble, beating them by 22 with the starters in through the third, like through three quarters, it just felt pretty good. And they're deeper than us. And they also had that game last week where they had their bench score 100 points, which I'm not sure has ever happened before. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's terrifying. Crazy. Absolutely terrifying. Our bench certainly it'd be a miracle if they got close to 50, but, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about Toronto there. They are the, if we're going to get through, I'm more scared of Toronto than the bucks. Sure. But I, I still feel pretty good about it. So I'm, I'm excited to see how we match up and how the games play out, but we do need someone to just step up off the bench. Also one, one other thing, uh, about the Celtics series that was surprising to me. I thought, uh, my man Bob Bill was playing pretty tough in the the first game, and I think he played part of the second game. And Brad, he just didn't see the floor much after that. Brad kind of got rid of him. So I, interesting thing to kind of keep tabs on there. I don't know if he thought he was he wasn't matching up well with Embiid. I thought he was doing the best on Embiid at times in the first game. But uh, yeah, Bob Bill sidelined in a team that is pretty shallow is uh, something to look at. So now that we know what our next matchup is, and before the series starts, what are you predicting for this this Celtics Raptors? Oh, it's going six or seven. Um, absolutely, there's no way. There's no way we hose them. I don't think they'll host us. Um, definitely going seven. I, I do think we can come out on top. Um, but you know, I want to see Grant Williams get more minutes. He's made, he's made do with his minutes. He shoots pretty solid out there. Only shoots, throws up a few shots, and he usually makes them. Uh, I don't know. we got to find depth, kind of. There needs to be one more guy a little bit without Gordon. So that's the way that we're going to be able to last. That's and I think it's possible. To, to run down. Yeah, I do think it is possible. I think, there's, I think there's three names that could be a part of that, or two that I feel strongly about, which is Grant Williams and Romeo Langford. But – yeah, Tatum looks good. Jalen Brown's unconscious, and playoff Kemba is a spectacle. I tell you, I mean, call the bubble what what you may, and say whatever about that, but I'm calling it playoff Kemba, and he is a treat to watch. 
They're fun to watch right now, the whole team. Yeah, man. They just they, they pulled it together. Marcus Smart in the starting lineup for Gordon's been pretty good. You know, the other night I guess he had like next to no points and he still did everything else so no one even realized, which <laughs> it's the most Marcus Smart night you've ever heard of. But uh <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a good team. It's a I love this team. It's the same thing with the Bruins. I mean, I know we're gonna get into that and maybe we're not in the best spot right now with that, but uh it's just a I love both these teams, man. I really do. Not, nothing nothing really to complain about. It's it's some of our best dogs we could run out there with what we got, so on both ends. So you mentioned the Bruins and and we are kind of on a roller coaster of a series right now. Yeah. Or or I guess a roller coaster of emotions for Bruins fans actually, because game one we come out and we play better than Tampa. We show that there's a possibility that we can beat them. I mean, everybody knew there was a possibility. I shouldn't say it like that, but I mean, we're up three not three one in the in the game or three nothing in the game, and then they start creeping back right towards the end of the game, and it gets a little gets a little scary towards the end. But we end up pulling out the win there, so we're up in the series one nothing, and then Looked we go great. into game. Look great! I felt great after that. Totally, I was like, I, "Are I we going that... eight in a row? Let's go!" Right. So there's seven. I don't know. And then we go into game two, make a couple, you know, uh, a couple lineup changes or maybe no lineup changes um, for that game. But and then we lose in overtime in a game that Tampa, frankly, did outplay us. Uh, but we kept it. We, we, you know, we came back. We tied it up three three. We go into overtime. Overtime's a whole new breed of game right there. I mean, everybody has the ability to win. It takes one goal, and it takes one fluke or whatever. I mean, and then you can win. So, unfortunately, we didn't get to pull that game out, and that one hurt because we go to game three, and they put up a touchdown on us. Yeah, I mean, and just to just to not so much breeze by to Halak, just some of those goals were just tough. Like, honestly, like he – like it would hit – just the deflections are – just like he re- he's reacting faster than a couple of these goals, and it's just th- that was unfortunate. Of course, going to Game Three and Halak on a back to back is a is a, a tough spot. Definitely a tough spot. We end up seeing uh, a, a goaltender who uh, Cassie himself has never seen before. Never well, seen before. He said. Right. He said he's never watched him play, or that's what they reported he- on NBC anyway. So, I guess I guess we should say that there's a couple there's a couple positives real quick before we go into the negatives because there there's plenty for game three. But um, it seems like the first line has kind of finally found their groove. Marchand is playing on another level. I think he has yeah. three goals in in two games or four goals in two games, something like that. I mean, yeah. he's finally he's turning it on right now. He, it, he, there's no part of him that doesn't want to be there. Uh, if they're there, he wants to win. So he's been all over the ice. He's been hitting. He's been agitating people. He's scoring goals. The first line, you know, uh, Bergeron made some amazing plays to set up Marchand. Um, Pasta is playing very, very well, too. But unfortunately, the second line seems to have fallen. They're gone. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I haven't seen, I mean, Krejci, like, it's just more of a presence threat than a points executioner in the series and, so far. And the other thing is that over, I don't know about you, but over the first two games, I've really liked the way that Clifton was playing. 
I thought that he was one of the better defensemen that were out on out on the ice, and he is not afraid to hit. He's not afraid to get in your face. Doesn't matter if you're Pat Maroon, he'll get in your face. You could be two feet taller than him, whatever it is. Um, and for some reason, he wasn't playing in Game Three. Now, was that because of an injury? Was that because of something else? Same thing goes for for Sean Corrali. I mean, he played well, set up Marshan for that goal in Game Two. And then he was unfit to participate in game three. So that leads me to believe that there's an injury there. Yeah. Um, but the shakeups to the lineup for game three absolutely did not work. Uh, no. I, I guess we'll just kind of get right into the negatives unless there's any other positives that you see right now. Um, Sully called the Hurricane Series in five. Good on him. Good on him for sure. Yeah. Uh, We're in the um, future now, though. We are in the future. Uh, we're going to need to get a, a another call in from him to see what he thinks is going to uh, happen. We're fucked now. Now he's going to give all his betting takes. Oh, great. He's just going to call and he's not even going to, like, yeah. He might have to change the number. <laughs> he's the only 617 we could get. That's true. Yeah. But, okay, so let's let's just go right into the negatives here because there's plenty of them. Um First and for- foremost, for me, the the defense cannot clear the zone whatsoever. No. How many goals have been dirty goals that just got chipped in or went five-hole or whatever? The the defense is, is terrible right now, and it hurts us so bad because if the first line's the only one that's really producing at the moment, and, and again, Charlie Coyle, because he plays 110% every game, but... If they're the only ones playing and there's no defense, we're going to lose every game. I mean, Halak is is playing fine, but he's letting up some soft goals. So you can't put that all on him. It's the same thing with the Tuca thing. It's like you you blame Tuca because it goes in the net and he didn't stop it. But what about the defensemen that are in front of him that let the let them walk right in? Yeah. And the same thing goes with when they put Vlader in there. Or Vladar, however they you know they're pronouncing it on the broadcast these days, you know they they let that kid they put him in, and he immediately lets up a couple goals, and his confidence is shot for yeah. sure. He's already through the roof on emotions as far as being I I can only imagine being super nervous. I mean you're coming in to play against one of the best teams that's been assembled in the last ten years. Yeah. Um and and you just get lit up. The defense does nothing for him. He had they had breakaways. They had point coming in on a breakaway. He's going to score that nine out of ten times. I will say, and maybe you're on the other side of this, but once the game is over, which it was well before, which it was when I, I think it was when the switch happened. Do you yeah. agree? I agree. Once the game's over, you got this backup goaltender who's never seen playoff ice time, and you you've lost this game. Throw him in the water. If you're gonna have to like call him in at some point, you want that to be the first playoff minutes he's ever had. I like the move. I think it's just I, you know, it obviously didn't work out or anything like that. But I think you throw him in and see if he can swim a little bit. I think that was oh, a no, smart I, move. I, this is your backup goaltender. I think, I think it's good. I mean, I know I know you weren't arguing against that at all. No, I but I uh, agree with I'm you 100. percent I like what Cassidy did there uh, a lot. I, I think that was a really smart thing to do. Uh, it's funny. You know, when you get the doors blown off you so bad, no one talks about how the referee got got in the way on the second goal, you know? Right, right. 
No, I, I agree with you 100% on the goalie change. I think the only problem is now, again, his confidence is shot. The defense yeah. did him no favors. I understand no. that, you know, you thought the game was over, whatever. Maybe you didn't play as hard. The game's never over. I mean, we've seen, I, I, okay, when you're losing 6-1 to one or 7-1, to one, the game's over. But I'm saying you've seen them come back against Toronto, score three goals. People score three unanswered goals all the time. I mean, it's yeah. just it's the NHL, so it it's very hard to do against a goalie like Vasilevsky and and a team like Tampa Bay. But it's not out of the question. So yeah, I mean, most of the goals we have on Vasilevsky are those Marshawn doorsteppers, like that. They, and right, that's the other problem is that we're not putting enough pucks on net. No, I mean, not. you this guy, you need to look for rebounds with him. He he sees everything. Unless you sneak one behind him like Martian has been doing. Or the one through his legs, going... which you don't expect again. Right. Or the baseball hit from Coil. These are all goals that are like almost that's, unsavable by a human. That's how you that's how you score on this guy. That's the Exactly. Way. Get pucks on net and look for a rebound or look for a dirty goal. It's just the way that you have to beat him. So pucks they, they gotta be shooting more. I don't know what what Look, I'm a, I'm a, again, I'm a casual fan from a couch, but I wouldn't say you're casual, just, but you're a well, season ticket I, I mean, holder from a couch, <laughs> right? But I'm just saying, they, they, if you're, if I'm a coach, I would be like, you need to be putting more shots on net because they, they get into the zone four times and don't get a single shot on net, and to yeah. me, that's unacceptable. Yeah, like even if it's a bad shot, get a bad shot on net or. When they do take shots, hit the net. How about that? Yeah. Crazy idea. I don't know. It was brutal. It was brutal to watch. I want to say, fuck Pat Maroon. Uh, yeah. Of course, your hometown got rid of you. You're fucking awful to look at, and uh, I can't believe i got to watch you again. <laughs> uh, and I hope just just because of Pat Maroon alone, I, like more than anything, we can never drop this series. No more losing to Pat Maroon. So here, here's the silver lining to this, if there is one. The way I look at this and the way that I have to put this into my brain as a fan and, and to not think that this series is over, because it's not. It's 2-1. to one. There's it's still plenty over. of series it's left. It's not over. And I just, I mean, I never felt good about three games in four days for us. I know we said it last night and you said Tampa was ready for it. And yeah, I but mean, that's, a, that's a great counterpoint. But The one thing that I, that I will say about this is that if you remember in the finals last year, we beat, we pummeled St. Louis 7-2. to two, And we ended up losing in seven games. So, we just got embarrassed last night. If they don't come out flying in the next game, then they don't, wanna, they don't want to, to be there. They don't yeah. want to play. Yeah, I hope they got embarrassed last night. Like, I hope that's how they feel. They got embarrassed, but it's a matter of if you take that on the chin or if you duck it and say, fuck it. Right. So, uh, you know... I don't know. They really need to come out with a different game plan. I would love to see Corrali back in there if he's able. I would love to see Clifton back in there. Do not run seven defensemen. It doesn't do anything for us. No, what do you like, mean? It, it skyrocketed our penalties. Oh, that was good, too. Yeah. 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 Um, seven defensemen, not uh, two of them played. That Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Loved it. Um. Nice uh, throw in the mitts last night for, for Tori, though. I loved that. Uh, I thought he killed a man at one point. Because <laughs> well, I don't think he really did this super intentionally. Not that when you're fighting, you're really worried about the well-being of someone else. But 
that slow motion replay just looks like he's just shoving his skull into the ice, dude. Whoa. I was like, I texted my buddy and I was just like, I think Krug just killed a guy. Uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Good. good. Uh, and Carlo tried to go with Cicero. Cicero was an avenue. Um, so I got, I, I, I mean, I, I like that. Listen, even if he's, if the guy's not going to go with you, what the fuck ever, but that's, they tried to get sparks early and then they just gave up entirely. But once we got that goal back, it felt good. And then it just melted. Yeah. So since we haven't, you know, we haven't recorded an episode in, in a few days, we actually have a couple texts in here that I, I want to get. Yeah. I want to yeah, talk about do that. Real quick. Yeah. I was thinking. Um, so, since the start of this series or since Tuca's left, I don't know if we've really touched a whole lot on Halak, but we did get a text about Tuca or a couple actually. Oh, okay. Cool. So the first one that we got here is it's, uh, unfortunately I wish, you know, if you guys text into us, you know, please let us know who it is because we want to be able to shout you out and we want to be able to have sort of a back and forth conversation with you guys. So, um, you know, if you send us a text, just make sure you add your name to it so that we can, uh, know who we're talking to, but we got a, uh, what's up, boys? Found the number from your Instagram and wanted to talk to you about the Tuca situation. Um, before Tuca announced he was leaving the bubble, he had a press conference where he was like, doesn't feel the same and stuff like that, which we, we all, you know, we've talked about that. Tuca was seeming a little flat going into the playoffs um, after the round robin, and, and we weren't sure how to feel. But now, obviously, in hindsight, we know what happened. Um, he says, I think Don Sweeney made him leave because he knew Tuca wouldn't play at his best. Uh, Tuca's getting a lot of hate right now, and I sort of get it, but family comes first. And also they said, just started listening to the podcast. Keep, keep up the good work. So thank you for oh, that. Thanks, we appreciate man. it. Yeah, thanks for coming um, back. I, I don't know. I don't think that that's – Sweeney sending him home doesn't seem like a thing that he would do, especially him being your number one goaltender. Maybe if he was your backup you know, if he was your third stringer and he was, you know, talking sort of toxic in the locker room, being like, this sucks, I don't like it here, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's, hey, man, grab your bags and we don't, we got another backup. We're I think, good. and I think with Tuca, it's a matter of he's just different. Like, and like you could tell, we could tell, we talked about how he was in that, uh, in that post game before he left. He's just different. He's not Tuca. He's not into it. You could tell. So I'm sure that. It's, you don't even have to say anything. You know, he says any everything with his attitude. It's what it, it seems like type deal. Um, yeah. But I don't know if we do we break this. Do we say this? I mean, we, we it's not going to garner news, and I'm sure other people already know. But like you know, if anything speaks to Tuca, I actually just didn't want to be there. It's uh, the it's the tea time. Yeah. So that that was a, that was what's weird is that. A couple days after Tuca was gone, or maybe even the next day, it felt like it was like the next day. I'm pretty sure it was the time, next day. He had a tea time set to go play golf, and at now a country again, club outside of Boston. So this dude who's coming from a different country already ready to golf. And don't right. get me wrong, we don't, I love a good golf. We don't know his situation again. Still. So then, word has also come out that there was an emer- emergency with his daughter, and if that's the case. How what? How do you blame this guy for leaving? No, I mean you can't. No, and also so, before, like we said, if he doesn't want to do it, so be it. That's his right, and that's what the players said. They stood behind his decision. You just think right. if it was something like that, it comes out a little bit in the moment, but maybe not. I don't know. Hockey's pretty good at 
keeping the emergency stuff out of the spotlight across the board. Yeah. We we do have one other about Tuca, and it's from your boy. It's Austin from Boston. Hey, the guy who knows how to leave his name. It's my buddy. <laughs> he says, you, you know what? Scratch all that mumbo jumbo I said last week. <laughs> Let's get Tuca back ASAP. <laughs> Bruins over family, baby. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> fair take. A fair take. It is scary. It's scary. I mean, there, I... There, has, there has been talk. That he could come back, but I don't see it happening. Well, listen, if he comes back, I mean, he's going to have to quarantine for what would be the rest of the series anyway. He ain't coming to be right. the hero against Tampa. I think they say that you have to quarantine for five days, and within those five days, you have to get X amount of uh, false tests, you know? Right, exactly, you don't yeah. Necessarily, you don't necessarily have to do the whole 14 days. Okay, yeah. I mean, because be well, no, I think that's right because NHL traveled to Toronto and started playing about four days later, so that must be correct. Yeah. So, uh, Austin, love you, bud, and uh, <laughs> don't blame you. Uh, so yeah, I it, still got Halak. I still have Halak faith. It's just the de- it's, I have Halak faith when the defense is playing the top level of their game. A couple days right. off will do them good. Yeah. Or you know, the back to back really hurt us, um, but. Definitely. It's 2-1. I mean, we win this game, and it's a three-game series. We win the next game, it's a three-game series. Yeah, I think the break is great. Um, you know, obviously, it's for much more important reasons, as we've touched on. But uh, I think it's it's good for them to have to swish this around in their mouth for longer. Yeah. Like, they don't get Definitely. to go and wipe the slate right away. And I just I hope that, you know, eats at them a little bit, that they come out swinging. Yep. Swinging pucks so, at the net. Yeah, for real. Come on. Thank you. Thank you to the guys. Thank you to everybody that um, sent in a text, and hopefully we'll have some more next. Wait, did next we have did week. we have a Celtics one? Oh, we do actually. That's my yeah. bad. Um, so we have. Oh, hang on, let me pull it up here. So this one's for you, Tim. Okay. It's it's from Billy Burke. My guy. He says, "Hope all is well." Uh, saw your Facebook post. Caesar looking real good coming into the postseason. They need all five starters and smart to be healthy. Yeah. And when they're healthy, they gel. They have that rhythm. They pick up the slack for one another, which we've we've seen throughout that first series. Um, I mean, even when even with losing Gordon, so. Yep, says I think a postseason run for this team really boils down to their bench. Yeah, and I'd love see. to say the Celtics reach the Eastern Conference Final or even the finals, but I mean their bench will 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 prevent that. Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't include Smart. No, no, it doesn't. And now it now it really doesn't, uh, obviously. Uh, you know, yeah. that's like I was touching on before, you know. Great minds, Billy, great minds. Um, just who's going to be that next guy? Because they, they need at least one more to step up. So, Brad Wanamaker, I hate to do it, but i got to shout him out, man. He's playing all right. He still does those, <laughs> those that classic turnover or two that makes you, like, cock your head in a full 360. But he's, you know, he's, he's hitting some big shots. He's hitting some clutch shots, and he – Apparently can't miss from the free throw line. So good on you, Brad. So this this is a long text. There's more. Okay. So he says Cantor is moderately serviceable against a lackluster defense. Yeah, I mean he's a liability liability on defense and has uh, difficulty finishing when it matters. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean he also comes, has some crazy scoop rebounds, but for the most part, you know Cantor is a bit of a question mark. Though down the stretch in this in the Sixers series, I maybe that's why. Williams got benched, maybe because you know Cantor did have some solid minutes against him. Well, he 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 actually does touch on your boy Bob Bill. There we go. 
says he's solid, but I think foul trouble will ultimately be the deciding factor in his contribution. Yeah, and I think that's completely fair. He usually chalks up four, I, I want to say, on average, even with limited minutes or, or whenever it's like a 20-minute game. I would love to figure out a way to look up the statistics of that, but um, I am merely a man. Uh, and uh, <laughs> But uh, he, you know, he... He definitely gets up in there. Maybe that's why Brad kept him out, but I don't know. He, he, I feel like his minutes got significantly cut down the stretch against the Sixers, and uh, be something to watch. Definitely something to watch. We can, we, like Billy said, we need that bench. So, yep. Uh, Wanamaker's good floor uh, is a good floor general, a hustler, but isn't going to give you double digit points. Amen. Uh, Grant, <laughs> Grant Williams is horrifying on offense, but his defense is great. See, now I know, we should acknowledge, which I'm sure, <clears throat> pardon me, anyone who's listening has picked up on this is an older text. Um, yeah. I'll say Grant, I think, has shown <coughs> up a little more than would have been expected in him. Um, Ojale has been shooting lights out, but in garbage time minutes. Yeah, yeah. That never translates. I think, it has not. I think Edwards, Waters, Langford, Green, uh, Poirier, Fall don't see the light of day. And so all that wrapped up, I think the Celtics are heavily relying on their starters and smart, which we've always known. Yeah. Um, how far can they go with that will depend on the performance and Brad's time management and everyone staying healthy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think mean, that's, that's a very fair assessment. And, it, and It's hard to argue with any point there. Right. We appreciate the pretty much the entire rundown of the team because it's it's a lot of stuff that we've touched on, but it's good to get some outside opinions yeah. on on how this team might fare. Uh, I mean, we saw how they did in the first round, but we expected that. We'll love a call how to Billy gonna... when we're doing a call a call show. We, we we'll love one to Billy for sure. Yeah, get, totally. get his update. He's a, that was a that was a great breakdown of it. And I, you know, not not much I can turn my nose out there. That's a, that's. It's a pretty good assessment. That's that's how it's boiled down so far after a series. So, yeah. Um, interesting. So, the one thing I thought that I do want to touch on real quick. The one thing I thought that was interesting about that was that he uh, he he roped uh, Trey Waters in on the not never seen the light of day, and uh, you know just Trey Waters. I believe he was the MVP of the G League. So just it's interesting uh, to see. Well, you think he'd get if, thrown out a little more, but you know the the G League is not the NBA, and I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying he performed very well there. Given the opportunity, we all love some taco time. Also, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not I don't in think the playoffs, he's but jerseys right now, I don't know. No, um, but yeah, again, thank you guys for for texting into yes. us, giving us something to to dissect and talk about on here. It, um, definitely keep sending us messages because we we love doing this and. Uh, if you want to send us a voicemail as well, we'll play that too, and we'll we'll break that down also. I mean, um, it's a really cool or it's a, it's a fun part of the show that we get to do now, and we definitely want to do some more of it. Yeah, yeah, man. And we'll call you. Watch out. Throw us the number. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing is, I do want to sort of tease the next episode that we're going to be putting out because it's one that I'm really looking forward to and I'm hoping that everyone's going to, you know, enjoy listening to it as much as, you know, we had a great time recording. Yeah, it. I mean, we have a, we have a, a guest coming on, on uh, next week's episode and it's going to be super fun. Yeah, man. You guys are, you know, it's a fascinating story. Um, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I, I hope we can have him back. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just leave it at that then. And, and, you know, fingers crossed for the, for the, um, the games, if we do end up getting more games in the future, fingers crossed that the, the Bruins can pull it together, that the Celtics can continue their, their tear that they're on right now. We know that we have a tougher opponent coming up in Toronto than we do in the Sixers, but, um, this team, when they're on, they can beat anybody. Yeah. Those top four go. And uh, it's, it's the toughest top four to beat. That's what. That's where I'll put my money. That's my hot take. It's my hot homer take. When, all, <laughs> when our top four are going, it's or hard to be kept up with. So, so as you guys heard earlier, Celtics and seven. Celtics and seven, yeah. Celtics and right, seven, man. and uh, Bruins are gonna have to probably do it in the same amount, if not six. I, I, I say Bruins and seven too. Yeah. Yeah. Be a tough three straight, but. We've seen crazier stuff. Let's go. Absolutely. All right, man. All right. We're going to toss it a stretched. Yeah. The boys. Was it all a 